What up, everyone? We're back. Not even a few days removed from Hungary. Only a, what, maybe two days into summer break. And we've got some drama, man. We got some drama in the paddock. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff going on right now. I mean, we can dive into Piastri and all that stuff after. Do want to talk about two quick things. A, um, Total Wolf said that there's risk of brain damage from porpoising, which is interesting in itself. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone could say it's uh, safe to bounce at that kind of speed. So it doesn't surprise me. No, that doesn't surprise me. So that's interesting. And then obviously, shout out to Lewis Hamilton. He now owns a sports franchise, which is, you know, you don't really hear about players. I mean, I guess we wouldn't call him a player because he's not a player. He's a driver. Just athletes in general owning a team in the middle of their playing career or their driving career as for Lewis. So I thought that's really cool. Like when you kind of break that down. Yeah. I mean, Lewis doing Lewis things. And I feel like him and LeBron are like these two friends. And I don't know, maybe they just kind of mimic each other or they have the same similar goals. Potentially. I just think uh, it's just cool for Lewis, right? I mean… You know, he went from getting made fun of on a little go-kart on Saturdays or Sundays to owning a sports franchise one day. And I'm sure um, he'll have the opportunity to own part of Mercedes when he retires because he's built that from maybe a half a million, half a billion dollar brand to a multi-billion dollar brand with his star power and how much uh, races he's won, right? For sure. I mean, he's going to have his stamp all over that team, I think, for a long time to come. And if it's not Mercedes… I'd be shocked, but it, it's got to be them. And I think Toto will make sure of that. So, yeah, Louis, Louis is setting himself up for an incredible post-racing career. Told you guys, he's already transitioning. I said that on a pod before. He's already Listen, transitioning his did. brand and everything. I, I, I don't think he has more than two years left. But we won't get into the Lewis pod because there's a lot more juicy stuff going on in the paddock. So, we never really got to break down Alonzo going to… Aston Martin, we talked about it briefly where I just absolutely scolded at the thought. And you were right. But why is he going to Aston Martin? That, that is the first. Why in, why in God's green earth would you go to Aston Martin well, when you talk about winning a championship? They are nowhere close to winning a championship. It's like, we don't, under, we don't know what happened with Alpine if they didn't even offer him a contract. But like, I'd rather go to Haas. Honestly. I'd rather go to AlphaTauri <laughs> potentially, but any, what are your thoughts initially? Well, I mean, there's obviously the no-brainers of like, he wanted a multi-year contract. Alpine didn't want to give him that. You know, there's the fact that um, he's also getting convinced into they're going to have their brand new headquarters. They're going to eventually have a wind tunnel. But once they have a wind tunnel, his contract will be over. So I think it's a combination of multi-year contract and... Something at Alpine is not right. Yeah, I, I, we could talk about the Alpine franchise when we get into the Oscar thing. But at the end of the day, Alpine found out about him leaving through a press release. So that's why this whole thing is so messed up. Yeah, but but <laughs> but but that doesn't even go like th- it doesn't make sense because I don't think they negotiated a contract with him yet, or they were there where it's like okay, it's not a lo- you know what I mean? Like we don't know, but. Just thinking about it from the top of my head, if they found out through a conch, through a press release rather than him telling them, 
then there probably contract negotiations really didn't get to like the thick of things. He just, it feels like he just up and left and made a decision. That's where I'm coming from. That's kind of what my thought process is. Yeah, it feels like he, Vettel announces retirement. He puts a call into Stroll. They say, we'll do anything you want. And he's like, all right, peace. I think Stroll called him, no? Wasn't that what happened? It was documented? Uh, as soon as... As soon as Seb yeah. gave him, the, yeah, that's uh, right. Gave Lawrence the news. Lawrence immediately got in phone with Alonzo because he's friends with Alonzo. Right. I know, that, like, so we can break it down in two spots, right? We'll first start with Aston Martin because we're gonna get into a whole Alpine thing. So, a, what does it mean for Aston Martin? Aston Martin's always wanted this huge name around their program because, in the reality of it, Lance Stroll is not a big name. Lance Stroll, who even knows if he deserves to be on a mid-grade F1 team, like. I don't want to get into Lance Stroll for this pod. But they always, it feels like they just wanted a world champion and they weren't getting Lewis Hamilton and they weren't getting Max Verstappen. So Alonso was the next choice. Agree or disagree? 100% agree. So Lawrence Stroll just wants a sexy, sexy pick. That's cool. You know, I get it. You want Lawrence to see- Stroll thinks he can just buy his way to success in F1. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. But you want something sexy for your investors. You want it to look good. And by all means, like Alonso's still at you know, peak of his powers. If it's 90%, he's 10%. He's still a great driver. He's still one of the best drivers on the grid, right? So he wants this big, sexy splash. Now, what does Alonzo actually do for the team? What are your thoughts on what Alonzo actually brings to Aston Martin? He's going to be there to help develop their car for generations to come. That's literally the only value because they're not going to win immediately. So it's like, okay, they uh, get to appease their fans and investors by bringing in a champion, but the only real work he can contribute to is the same thing that Vettel's done. Is like, we can help develop the car. And I think I, I, I'm on, in accordance with you where, yes, that is his real value in terms of he's there to help develop a car and help develop that race team, right? Because we all know Mike Crack has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Or, sorry, th- that's really strong. Mike Crack is not an F1. <laughs> he hasn't been in an F1 paddock for a while. Or I don't even know if it's ever. I haven't done my research. We'll listen to Beyond the Grid. We'll get into a little bit more of Aston Martin specific. Talk about Lance, all that stuff in another pod. But regardless of the situation is that he actually brings some stability and some knowledge to that, to that um, paddock. Because, you know, he is Alonzo. He is Fernando Alonso at the end of the day. He's not just some Joe Schmo. Like, he's Fernando Alonso. So he brings all that. He'll elevate the race team. Elevate the car. Elevates Lawrence Stroll's ego, but just doesn't make it doesn't sense. Doesn't align. It doesn't align with Fernando saying he wants to win another championship. That's the big issue. Maybe the Lewis other told them part of win. it is, I don't know, but I will say the thing that I respect and love about Fernando in racing is he's done the twenty-four hours of Le Mans. He's Le done Mans. rally Le Mans, right. however you want to say it. Like that guy just loves to drive. And you know, like Vettel leaving is great because you could all, everyone could tell Vettel's heart wasn't in it. At least now they're getting a guy that is not only proven, but he wants to be there. Yeah. It's hard, right? Because, you know, Seb's won four championships. He's never winning one again. Like he probably was invested in, you know, Alonso does love racing. I credit that. I think you're bang on is that you got some that's invested in, in winning, but you know, when you go to Aston Martin and it's a shit show, are you going to be invested in winning? Think about any organization. It's, if it's a shit show, why do you care? And that's the other thing. It's like, and what 
does Fernando think about Lance? But this also like strikes the question. Why did Vettel and now Fernando, there's got to be something that we're missing at Aston. Unless Lawrence Stroll is that good of a trickster. Well, he's a good negotiator. He's good at convincing. I mean, at the end of the day, too, we have to look at this. Maybe there wasn't another seat available for Alonso. Because I don't think AlphaTauri wants to go old. Like, I know I mentioned them earlier, but AlphaTauri's not going old. They're there to develop Red Bull drivers and put a decent product out there. Haas is not getting getting rid of Mick Schumacher for Alonso. Um, Alfa Romeo definitely is not getting rid of Joe's sponsorship money for Alonso. So, did he have another seat on the grid? Probably not. Other than McLaren's seat. But, you know, it's been documented. He doesn't want to go back to McLaren. He, like, him and McLaren have burned bridges completely, right? So yeah, he also said he just wanted a multi-year deal. So that's the only because team that he really wants to race. And you you got to respect that from Alonso. That's how much he values racing. He'd rather go to a shit team. But kind of going back to what you said, is I think Lawrence Schultz generally believes he's going to be a contender, and he just makes false promises. And by no no, let me reward that. Don't cut that. But let me reward it. Maybe Lawrence Schultz oversells. I don't want to say false promises and lies because that's slandering his character and I'm not here to slander his character. Because he is he is building and you, they are building a new factory. They do have a wind tunnel. So he's taking the right steps. It's just that he sells it as if they're already there. His personnel is doesn't make it seem like it's the right steps. Why get rid of Otmar? Oh my God. And they, yeah. And Otmar went to Alpine, which we're getting to. This whole little spider web is just bad. Yeah. I, I also think too, like, Maybe Alonso didn't get along with Otmar. Maybe that's really what happened. Yeah, because, and Otmar left Stroll. So it's like it kind of, you can kind of paint that picture. So it is what it is, but I don't know. I, I don't I feel like this is really good for Alonso in terms of he gets to race more, but he is not gonna be competitive, and that sucks. Because seeing Alonso compete is always a, a real joy. Um and I feel like it's not easy to deal with someone like Fernando. Like he, I think even with Alpine, like he is very much dedicated to winning. And if he's not a winning car, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, but isn't that what you want? Of course you do. So that's what I'm saying. When he gets there, like Aston Martin, they're going to, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, because it's like, why would you want a driver that's okay with being Nicholas Latifi? Yeah, Nicholas exactly. TV is a joke. So let me throw this out to you. It's well documented on this podcast. You're a F- Fernando Alonso hater, or you used to be. Has he moved up in your likable scale, or you still dislike him? Yeah, from a likability standpoint, I feel like as I've learned and done more and more research and just followed his life story on the track, I don't know. I've I've come to like Fernando. Oh, that's cool. No, I mean, yeah, like. Uh, I, Not I all, like I always, great. you got to respect his, the fact that he won two championships. He's raced in so many different, uh, you know, different classes. But I think I've also come to like him. Yeah. I mean, he, he's also like the ultimate competitor. Like when you think of him, he's just the ultimate competitor being 40 plus years old and competing at such a high level. It's, yeah, it, it's not easy. Competing right? at a high level, bro. Like he's competing. I would say. Top five on the grid. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to do that. He's not top five on the grid. We can get into that conversation after this question. Now, are you going to get some Kamoa gear? No. 
Uh, <laughs> no way. Are you excited to see the Kamoa in the Aston Martin? I, I was already thinking about that. The damn ugly ass Kamoa brand is going to be all over Aston Martin. With the because, Aston Martin green? Oh, it's going to be disgusting. Just know Kamoa is going to be influenced with Aston Martin. But let's get into our top drivers and then we can get into Oscar and all Alp- Alpine or Alpine, whatever the right wording is. So let's talk about our top five, or five drivers of the grid. We can do a little bit more of an okay. in-depth. But it is summer break, so who has been your top five drivers of the grid of the grid for the first half of the 2022 F1 season? Okay, top five on the grid based on performance, or just top five like no, talent? well as a package, like you have to package it all together. What you've seen, where you think they are, it's not just performance. Performance is easy. You're gonna pick the top five guys in the standings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Um, Max and Lewis, easy lock, one-two. That's your one-two? I don't think Lewis bro. has been that great, but okay, that's fair. Bro, he had to, he was testing the car. Yeah. And look but, what he's done. But but the, but the point is, is that he hasn't been the second best driver on the grid from A to Z, A to E so far. He's the second best talent-wise, but go ahead. It's your ranking. That's fine. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Max, Lewis. George, Charles, and I got to throw Fernando in there. That's my top five. Okay. So why do you have George ahead of Charles? Oh, I, I didn't. The end, I didn't put in order. My bad. So, okay, here, here they are in order. Max, Charles, Lewis, George. And uh, Fernando. Oh, so you dropped Lewis. Yeah. I've, so I think Lewis belongs in the top five. I don't think he's top two because at the end of the day, I don't care the circumstances. His first half of the year did not look good, right? Regardless of mm-hmm. whatever the circumstances are. Um, his second half of the first half of the break, uh, year has been great. So shout out to Lewis. But So I have Max number one, Charles number two, George number three, Lando number four and Lewis number five. Lewis five. Cool. Yeah. I think, and really between my four five, like it, you could interchange Lando. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is like Lando has performed so well in that shit box compared to Danny Ricardo. You have to look at the differences in times, right? And you can even give like, you can even show love to guys like, I think Valtteri Bottas has had a pretty good year. Obviously he's struggled a little bit towards the back half, but you know, he's looked really good. So Top five drivers is interesting. We'll get into a whole ranking episode, but very interesting to hear where people kind of evaluate them. Uh, but I definitely have George ahead of Lewis. I really think George has been better than Lewis for the first half of the year, especially based off like expectation. Do you understand what I mean? Like, I, I, I kind of put expectation in there as well, if that makes sense to you, which is not part of your criteria, but part of my criteria. So that's why I got George a little ahead of Lewis. And Lando has, he's looking really good all year. His car's been trash, but he's still been able to pull in points. He's beating the Alpine, where Danny Ricardo's not even sniffing the Alpines. Right? Yeah, that's the true. The Alpine car is actually better, and he's beating both those drivers in points. Reliability or not, Lando missed uh, missed um, missed some time when he had, what did he have strep throw? And you know mm-hmm. the car's been a disaster. So shout out to Lando. But Alpine, Alpine, sir. How do you want to even start? Where do you want to go? Do you want to start back with Alan Prost or do we start to right now? It starts with Danny Rick leaving too. Like, I think they're, 
is something wrong at Alpine. Uh, and did, does it start with Danny Rick leaving? That's when this all kind of starts, man. If you go, like, well, it's hard to say because he got a bag from Renault, and then Renault probably f- figured out he wasn't worth that bag. You know what I mean? Like, I think he was making like thirty million dollars a year driving, like USD. I think he was getting like twenty five million dollars, which is actually an insane amount. And then McLaren probably offered him a bigger bag and a more competitive car because there's no way Renault was going to continue paying him. You know what I mean? But continue on. Yeah. So okay. So look, we're going to get into this, and I and I think as of uh, us recording now, Alpine still has a post on their Instagram and Twitter saying that confirmed driver lineup for next year is Esteban Ocon and Oscar Piastri. Absolutely tragic. S- this is a disaster. Their PR teams, their management, you are a complete disaster. Now, you've got this other part of it that we haven't even talked about before right now. McLaren's involved. I saw that, but I don't really go so, into depth. McLaren and Alpine are fighting for Piastri, and apparently Alpine is threatening that he cannot go to McLaren because of his current contract. So do you think part of it is, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense, now can you piece it together? So Alpine's obviously that he can't race for McLaren, which, you know, the contract could be airtight. Right? Like, George's contract was airtight. We all heard that. It's like, George was locked up until the end of 2021. That's why he probably... For all we... Like, when I kind of look back at the George situation, maybe he's there in Bottas' seat for 2021 if his contract's not airtight. You know what I mean? But when we piece it all together, maybe McLaren is trying to pry away Oscar when Oscar might have said, yeah, I'm interested in taking the seat. So Alpine announced it thinking it's a done deal. But he's now reneged on that agreement because McLaren's come to offer. He'd rather race for McLaren with Lando. What are your thoughts but, on my on my theory? But the other thing is, I thought McLaren doubled down and said Danny Rick is there next year. Yeah, but that's what they say to the press, bro. You know the press and what you actually do are two different I, things. For sure. So it's just like, this is all a disaster. And it's it for is, sure a disaster. It's, it's a, a fucking complete disaster. disaster. And like, Fernando leaves, they find out through the press release. Then this happens with Piastri. Like, this whole thing, starting with Fernando leaving, has just been a complete, utter embarrassment of these F1 franchises. Yeah, so a couple things, right, that first come to mind about Alpine is, A, I'm probably kicking Esteban Ocon out of the seat, finding a new home for him. I know he's locked into 2024, but... Like, I'd rather go with Alonzo and Piastri. I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, I mean, yeah, you offer Fernando the multi-year deal. You bring in Oscar. And you can it's probably get McLaren be- to take Esteban. A lot of people on the grid would take Esteban, I think. Esteban's had, I mean, how do you, what do you, we talk, we've talked about him briefly. Like, how do you sum up his half year? It's been good. But nothing like special. Like, here's the thing, right? Mercedes became great because they pried away Lewis Hamilton and they had a world championship talent in Nico Rosberg, right? Ferrari was great from the beginning, but they rose back to prominence with Michael Schumacher. They haven't done anything because they haven't had 
a young brazen talent like Schumacher up until now, like Charles, right? That's why they're on a championship trajectory. You need a championship level driver, even if you're a mid-pack team, right? And I don't think that's Espon Ocon. And I think I'd rather gamble with Alonso teaching Piastri and Piastri being that championship driver than Ocon, if that makes sense, right? And also like Piastri is 21 years old. He has won F3. He's won F2. He's won everywhere he's been. He's won everywhere he's been. He is legitimately the next up-and-coming prodigy because he's young and he's checked all the boxes. Yeah. So why settle for Ocon, who is good, but he's not taking you to championship? I mean, it makes sense to take Piastri. Yeah, I don't think he will at all. Like, and That's kind of how I feel about um, Ocon. But it depends on what you value, right? I really value on it's like kind of go big or go home with a young driver. So like if it was Yuki, I wouldn't think Yuki belongs in that seat, right? Because, you know, McLaren's got its talent for the future. Ferrari's got its number one driver. Mercedes got its number one driver for the future. So does Red Bull. Like think about Red Bull. If they didn't have Max Verstappen, would they even be competing for a championship? Probably not. No, no way. Because Max, Max kept them in the game for after Seb left, right? Max kept excited. And Max was there from 17, bro. Yeah. And then think about like McLaren. They have Lando. So there's excitement. There's people that want to build with McLaren. There's investors. That all compounds, right? So my whole thing is Espan Ocon doesn't do that for you. Piastri may. He doesn't. So you think George, Lando, Charles, Max. Those are the guys. They all do that. Those are the guys that you feel confident that you can actually win a world championship around, right? So when I break all that down, it's like, I don't even want Esteban on my team. And I don't know why they locked him in long-term. Esteban would have took two-year deals. Why are you lock him into a three- or four-year deal? Esteban's 25, which is super young. But like, yeah, he doesn't scream champion. No. And the thing is, is he doesn't he really- He was a reserve be- driver for Mercedes, man. Like, And there's a reason a- why he never got the Mercedes seat. That's facts. There's a reason why they waited on George Russell instead of bringing Ocon over Bottas in 2021. Right? That's true. If he was that good of a young talent and he was a Mercedes young driver, do you think Mercedes would have gambled on him? Total let him leave. And if he let him that's, leave, that's, that's saying something, bro. It does say something. Because he didn't let George Russell leave. Hell nah. He didn't let George he let leave. Bottas leave. <laughs> because he understands, like, it is what it is. So, putting that aside, right? Well, on my first thought. I think this is such a backward move for Alpine for the immediate two years because there's no way in hell Piastri is as good as Alonso. There's no way. And if he is, I will eat my words. But there is no way Oscar Piastri is 85% of what Alonso is. There is no way. No way. I'm like, honestly, like just I got all the headlines up and I'm just so confused of what has just happened today. Like, none of this makes sense. And if you, what I'm seeing too is that Alpine apparently feels more along the lines of Ocon is the future, not Alonso. And like you just said, there's no way. I would have rather Fernando and Oscar than Esteban and Oscar. But that doesn't matter. So then if Ocon's the future, why are you investing in Piastri? That's conflicting to me. That's what Martin Brundle believes. Martin Brundle believes that Fernando left because 
the team pri- is prioritizing Esteban. Yeah, well, that's Brundle. I thought that's what Alpine issued. If Alpine issued, then you still don't make sense because if Ocon is your f- future world champion, why do you need Piastri? But going back to what I'm saying, it's very easy for, in my opinion, to get someone to take Ocon. Like McLaren would be happy to take Ocon, right? To free up that seat. But you didn't answer me. Are they going backwards with this move for the next two years? Well, they are going backwards because Piastri is not racing for them. <laughs> no, theoretically, even if he does get the seat. If Piastri gets the seat, they're not going backwards. You don't think they're going backwards? No. You because think he can perform like Alonso? The, no, he cannot perform like Alonso, but they're not going to be, they're not going backwards. Like, of course look going at the drop off. Look at the drop off between fifth and sixth. Like, Haas ain't going to beat them, bro. Hey, man, you saw how much reliability issues Alonso had. Imagine I'm it. telling you right now, there's no way, You don't no think way, rookie bro. mistakes are coming up. You don't think that going into... George Russell had the Max Verstappen had rookie mistakes. Charles Leclerc had rookie mistakes. Lando Norris had rookie I just, mistakes. You I think just don't think... Those? I just don't think that Mick is better than Ocon and Piastri combined. Because K-Mag is, is not going to be able... Like, he's just... But, but, but we're not talking about K-Mag. We're talking about Alonso versus Piastri, a rookie driver. For sure. But you said, are they going to go backwards? I'm not talking about like results standing-wise. I'm talking about the development of the car, where they're going to place. For sure. No, let's talk about results, they're, bro. Yeah, yeah. We're they're going to go the backwards there. We're talking about the yeah, actual well, product you okay, watch. Okay, okay, okay. Well, then, yeah, they're going to go backwards. It's insane to me, though. It's like, I don't know. I, I just don't believe in Esteban Ocon. I think that's where a lot of my skepticism slash negativity is coming from. I don't know if you believe in Ocon. I don't feel like it from our, our conversations. You've never ever no. said you do. And that's my whole Ocon thing. Is, Ocon is a good driver, man. And there are other good drivers on the grid, but good drivers don't win championships. I'd rather have Joe and Alonso because Joe's bring more money to develop my car. Yeah. Because so, that's the that. reality of it. That's the reality of it. It's like, A, you're either going for a championship or you're not. And Esteban doesn't scream world champion. But we can get into the Oscar thing. What deciphered at Oscar Piastri's text or his post or his story, whatever you want to call it. Decipher for me. We did a little bit of it, Yo, but decipher. Listen, a couple of things. Oscar Piastri is Australian. This all broke at like 2.30 in the morning Australian time. Like, it is just a complete disaster. It wasn't, it was, like, Alpine didn't plan it. They didn't coordinate it properly. They just wanted to, like, I feel like Alpine, out of spite, wanted to rebound because of Alonso announcing that he was leaving. So instead of actually doing anything, they're like, oh, he's our reserve driver. They just pushed it. That is my thought in all of this. Which is fair. And my sentiments kind of go towards that. But break down his exact last sentence or what, what it meant, in your opinion. What it meant? It means he will not race for Alpine next year. Those are strong words, bro. So at the beginning, it's like, I have not signed a contract yet. But then it says, I will not race for Alpine. He didn't even leave the door. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. He didn't even leave the door open, bro, to say things are in the air right now. As of right now, I'm not driving. It literally says, I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Those Those are like fighting words, bro. My whole thing is, a, why would you put that out there? And B, 
if it's your only seat next year, why would you shoot yourself in the foot? Obviously, he was linked to McLaren, and this is now why we're all finding out. So, question for he, you is... He probably is didn't even know they posted, he sees it, and he's probably been having like... He's probably been having conversations with McLaren. The one thing I will say to you too is like, he was really linked to the Williams seat as well. Right? So, I, I, I think you're underestimating Williams' influence in this. And yes, Williams is not McLaren. But Williams does have Joss Capital, which a lot of people say Joss is like really great. And I think on top of that too is, you know, they were bought out by Deloitte or, right? Whatever, whoever uh, they De- bought uh, out. Yeah. Wherever they bought out, they bought out by a bigger company. Maybe he saw the vision Dor- there. Doralton Ventures. Yeah, Doralton. That's right. Sorry. That's right. So maybe that's the bigger vision for him. But ultimately, it's just such a breakdown of miscommunication. And I really, really... Don't like the move at all. Even getting rid of Alonso. I really just think you get rid of Esteban. And that is my whole spiel. Get rid of Esteban instead of Alonso. That is my whole thing. Someone else would have bought or took in over Esteban's contract. I'm sure of it, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. And I just think like, it's supposed to be the summer break. No one's supposed to be working. And this is all happening. <laughs> Do they start break next week? Like the two week shutdown, I think they start the two week shutdown next week. If that mm. makes sense, because th- I think teams still went back to debrief and everything, so I'm assuming they start the break next week. But regardless of that, just very interesting time to be in Formula One, covering Bro, it. This watching post it. is like, like there's over six thousand comments, and all the comments are like, "You guys might want to talk to Oscar's manager. This is an Oscar worthy performance." Admin, why is this still up? Like, <laughs> this is Let me ask you crazy. this. Ask you this quick. Is it possible it's in Oscar's contract that he is their reserve driver for 2023? And if they just don't sign a driver, he has to race? And that's why they don't care? I mean, sure. But it's then Oscar's the one who's an idiot and is screwed in this. Like, there's over 6,000 comments. The average Alpine post gets two to 300 comments. Like, the entire F1 global community is watching this. It's absolute shame. Absolute shame. Anything else you <laughs> want to talk about, Oscar, before we sign out of here? Oh, man. I've said enough. I'm frustrated with Alpine. Alpine, Alpine, whatever you want to call like, it. Like, okay. After summer break, <laughs> Fernando has to go back to work for them. Yeah, but I, I think that's normal, It's going to be right? so awkward. But he's a racer. He's a racer. We've already said it. He's a gamer. He's a game time workhorse. Like, I'm he's not, not going to be Alonso. checked out, eh? No, he he still has his reputation. He's 42, bro. It's not like he's 26 and he has this stellar reputation that he's a young upcomer. He's the old guy on the grid that has to prove himself every single day. Yeah, he's going to want to destroy Ocon in every race. Yeah, or he just wants to make sure that people understand he's still a good racer. Because you know, For sure. it's different when you're Lewis and Alonso. You have to show up every single day because then people say you're old, you're washed. Right when you're Unless Mick, the team tries to sabotage him. That's true, but I don't think they will. At the end of the day, we're talking millions. It's not like they, they, they've locked up fourth. We're talking millions yeah, of dollars. They need to win. They need to win. They, they so. do. They, they do need to beat McLaren. So I don't think they'll do that. Um, going back to quickly, just Alonzo and his performance and Lewis. Like, it's so interesting how narratives work because, you know, Mick, he makes some mistakes and it's all his potential, right? And then you think of Alonzo, it's like he has to show up every single day and make no mistakes. So it's just interesting to see how media treats people in different stages of the career. 
But it's like, when you think about it, aren't we always learning as humans? Yeah, we're constantly learning. But once you've been on that pedestal, you always have to uphold it, which is crazy. It's not even pedestal. I'm talking about, for, I'm talking about age. Forget he's a world champion. But the second you're old, it's like you can't get better. Yeah, I know. I hate that that thought of like you can't unlock more potential as you get older. So it, it's, like it's what harder after Formula after one. thirty. Like what you're done, but that's yeah, a whole like, other conversation. <laughs> it's just interesting to hear how like athletes' narratives work. But you know, Alonzo and Lewis, even Kimmy, um, I wouldn't say so much Seb because Seb hasn't looked the greatest. But these guys have broken the stereotype that you know after 30, 34, 35, you can't drive anymore because Lewis still. Peak of his powers when he when he's had a great car. Um, slash it's crazy that Lewis is older than Seb. Yeah, I mean it all the time. We should actually do before we actually wrap up. We should show some love to. Um, we should definitely show some love to Seb, right? Let's talk about Seb. Okay, before we get into Seb, let me ask you this question: Will there be an entire Drive to Survive episode about what just happened? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> No, because it's it's not juice. I mean, they will be a thing based off like Alpine's driver decision, but I don't think they'll be off of this because there's no you know ne- they love that stuff. <laughs> there's no Netflix cameras right now, and by the time it, it's gonna die down, by the time they get back into a paddock, if that makes sense. Mm, that makes complete sense, but you know they could just repurpose content like they love to. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there wouldn't be authentic one, but it, I mean, it's gonna be decided. <laughs> Piastri's gonna have a seat by the end of the summer, so I don't think so. But I, I don't I wouldn't hate if they did or not. The word is I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I don't think so. Before we leave, I just want to give Seb his flowers, right? So he's the youngest Grand Prix pole position winner. So youngest on pole ever. Youngest driver to score a double, a pole position and a race win. Youngest driver to score fastest lap, race win, and pole position. Youngest F1 champion, driver's champion ever, youngest runner-up ever. What does it tell you, bro? Damn. Sad, he has man. a lot of records, man. Because you Yo, said he's old, right? Four-time champ, you know, 120-plus podiums. It's impressive, but like, bro's 35. What but is he, he going to do? But the he's thing is, he's going to be so he's, bored. He's been racing so long, bro. He's been racing so long. His he's first the youngest entry in was those. in 2007, bro. That means he was 20 years, years old. Here, give me, like, let me, let me throw something to you quickly. Yo, Max was 17, fam. This guy, yeah, his first entry to- was 20. By the time Max is 31, we're going to think Max has been in F1 for 20 years, bro. Think about it. We've seen Max for the last six years. Think about mm-hmm. another 10 years. He's 35. It's going to be 16 years. You're going to be like, Max is retiring. At 34 years old, but that's 16 years in Formula One. It's crazy because Seb literally was Lewis's only challenger in 17 and 18. Yeah, Seb, listen, respect to Seb. I just wanted to give him his flowers because I know you didn't say in a bad way that he's only 35, but you know, when we say he's only 35, he holds a lot of the youngest records. Yeah, he's the youngest world champ ever. I mean, that, he beat that Max in by, itself. He beat Max by a little bit. He beat Max by, I think, a year. And I'm glad he did because that was one of Christian Horner's goals. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. And Christian Horner always be like, it. we want to make Max Verstappen the youngest driver, world champion ever. Actually, you know, you know Christian what? Horner was really trying to like gatekeep that 
only Red Bull has the the youngest with Seb and then with Max. Yeah, listen, shout out to him. He's done that. I mean, Lewis was technically the same age as Vettel, but he was about 170 days older. So Lewis was also 23 when he won his first championship. He was one point from winning at 22. That would have been unheard of. Alonso's next at 24 years old and 58 days. Then it's Verstappen. A lot of greats, eh? It's crazy that the four youngest driver's champions ever are all on the grid currently. Crazy. Bro, Seb and Lewis both started in the same year. In 2007, but I think Seb's like yeah. a, a year younger than Lewis, though. Or two years no, younger. No, two years. Two yeah, years. two years younger. Yeah, yeah. So their well, first entry was 07. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I think that's it for me this episode. I just want to give the flowers to Seb. Question Alonzo's motives other than racing. Like, why would you go there? But we've obviously talked about that. And get rid of Espon Ocon. Get a more experienced driver <laughs> with Piastri. Like, put him on a team, a different team. I would love to see Espon in not the, the fourth best car and see what he does. I'd love to see Espon in a bad car. Yeah. He never really started well, uh, in a bad car. He never really did. It's agreed. And we'll see what ha- what you know unfolds over the next few days. But um, there's going to be some statement. I'm sure the FIA will get involved. It's going to get messy. Calling it now. It is going to get messy. But we'll see you guys um, maybe some, later this week. Probably not. But I think our next pod will be strictly Aston Martin. What do you think? I mean, unless there continues to be craziness that comes out and we talk about it. I mean, today was just why we're here. Yeah. But I mean, like our next dedicated pod will probably be Aston Martin. Like For sure. Mike Crack, we're on to you, bro. We'll talk to you guys Amazing. next time. Perfect. All right. Peace. Peace.